to The Awardist, a podcast from Entertainment Weekly that takes you inside this year's Emmy race with interviews, analysis, and more. Hi, I'm Sarah Rodman, Executive Editor at Entertainment Weekly. And I'm Kristen Baldwin, TV critic at Entertainment Weekly. And we are back this week to talk about funny business. And when I say funny business, I specifically mean a show that is near and dear to both of our hearts, Kristen, what we do in the shadows. I feel like increasingly people are discovering this show. This season, there was an episode that everybody was talking about, and you got the opportunity to talk to Matt Barry about that episode. How did that go? Yeah, so today we're chatting with Matt Barry, who plays Laszlo Cravensworth on the FX comedy What We Do in the Shadows. It earned six Emmy nominations this year, including Outstanding Comedy Series. And Matt and I talked about his favorite running jokes on the show and the thrill of working with guest star Mark Hamill and whether or not he'd be down for a Jackie Daytona spinoff. Yes, that's the part that I want to hear all about. How much do we all love Jackie Daytona? I'm sure if you've seen the show, you will be very excited for this chat. So please enjoy. Congratulations on the show's nomination. How surprised were you on a scale of one to 10? I was very surprised. I mean, not to state the obvious, but there's a lot of comedy made and there's a lot of shows (laughs) to choose from. So to be within the five, is it, or six? Six or maybe seven, actually. Is it? Okay. Yeah. So to be included in in one of those is a hell of an honor. Yeah. And it's interesting because with drama, for example, the Emmys are often behind the times on genre shows. Mm. You know, this is a comedy, but it does have genre elements, obviously. So it was even from a TV fan perspective, it was surprising to see kind of this kooky little vampire comedy get nominated. Well, I mean, I think one of the reasons why some people like it, I suppose, is because it's pure escapism. There's no agenda with anything. Everybody is an idiot, you know, (laughs) in the show, you know, and no one knows what they're doing. No one's putting anyone else down in a sort of serious way. You know, they're kind of killing each other, but it's, (laughs) you know, but it's within the genre. Right. It's all about sort of mundane things about picking up dry cleaning or chain mail, email letters, and it's not the weight of the world. So... Season two really expanded on the characters' backstories quite a bit. And of course, it ended with the big cliffhanger that the vampires now know that Guillermo is a vampire hunter. Yeah. What would you say were your favorite developments story-wise this season? Well, that was a really interesting one, to have the vampire hunter live amongst us. Yeah. I mean, he's going to have to be dealt with (laughs) the most severest way now. Or he better hide. Right. Personally speaking, I mean, I did enjoy the Mark Hamill episode, Ugh. as anyone would, you know. <laughs> it was it was such fun. I mean, Laszlo had a lot of great moments this season, but yeah, I want to. I really want to talk about On the Run, in which Laszlo hides out in Pennsylvania as a bartender named Jackie Daytona. Just even the name is funny. First, going back before it was cast in terms of guest stars, what was your first reaction when you read that script? When I read the script, I thought it was great. I loved the disguise being a toothpick. That was there really early. (laughs) That was a great idea. In terms of the guest star, what they tend to do with actors is and they give you false information. What we would call they wind you up. So, you know, (laughs) 
they tell you that it's Brad Pitt just to sort of mess with you. So, you know, I knew that that was going to happen. So there was all sorts of people that I was told, Sean Connery, <laughs> just to, uh, you know, just to kind of mess with me. But I didn't expect it to be Mark Hamill. And then, you know, when it was, I was just overjoyed. Did you think they were still teasing you? Yeah, until I saw him. Um, <laughs> until he was coming out of his, his mobile home. When I saw that, then I, I knew that it was going to be him. So, of course, he plays Jim the Vampire, who has been hunting Laszlo for 167 years over yeah. some back rent and a security deposit. Why do you think he was so perfect for that role? Because obviously it's silly, but it's also he's got to be this formidable guy that Laszlo runs from. The thing is, most people do know this, I think, but for those that don't, Mark Hamill is a great voice actor, mm -hmm. incredibly skilled at doing accents and... He put that to great use. So there is a lot of people that watched this episode for the first 10 minutes and hadn't got a clue that it was Mark Hamill. Right. Because he was transformed. He had a, a white wig on and he didn't sound anything like Mark Hamill. So it's kudos to him, you know, for being such a great actor, for totally fooling everyone. You know, when I saw him in costume, I didn't know who it was. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he was great. And it was a, it was a big old moment for me. It's very in keeping with the show that this almost 200-year grudge is over a security deposit. Yeah, that and something left in the toilet. <laughs> well, that's why Laszlo didn't pay, right? Cause... That's why Laszlo didn't pay, which is fair enough. <laughs> Mark Hamill told us in an interview with EW that he had a hard time keeping a straight face during his scenes with you because you would improvise and, quote, each line he said was more obscene and profane than the next. Do you yeah. remember like, what you said to him? Well, no, but that's just the way that I work and some of the other actors work on the show. You know, we, you know, my background is improvised stuff. So I don't think he was expecting the kind of adult level that it was going to take. Um, <laughs> Do you remember the filthiest thing you said? No, to him? I don't. But I can I can imagine the kind of thing. I can't be. I can't really repeat it <laughs> to you here. But I mean, it would have just been stuff just to you know to kind of get a reaction, to get a face expression out of him, you know, or just to sort of change gear, right? Kind of take it in a disgusting sort of trajectory, you know, as opposed to something sort of terrifying, go one way or the other, you know, right. And um, your fight scene with Mark Hamill yeah. was so fun with the that actual physical fight and the pool cues. Uh, yeah, the pool cue was the did, best. <laughs> yeah. How did that that sequence evolve? Well, do you know, I can't remember whose idea the, the pool cue was, just kind of holding pool cues at one another. But I can remember <laughs> how I felt when I was stood in front of him and he held his pool cue like a lightsaber and I held mine. You know, when you're my age, of a certain age, Star Wars was such a huge thing, you know. Right. That you do literally, and I did literally go weak at the knees when he held his, his pull cue at me. It was like regression. Right. The craziest feeling. Well, and how do you feel knowing that Mark Hamill, somebody that you were a huge fan of, he's a huge fan of this show, and that's part of how he came to be in this role? But you never think of it. You know, I, I don't ever sort of listen to that kind of thing, you know. <laughs> the honor was all mine. You know, I can safely say that. Yeah. 
Why do you think that Laszlo, he was keeping the human disguise of the toothpick and the jeans in this motel, you know, uh, for years? Like, is this because he knew Jim was coming back or it was more that he has all sorts of these potential reasons why he may have to run? No, it's a good question. I mean, I've got my own sort of theories. I think he's got a few of these motel rooms, (laughs) all with very similar things kind of hidden for these sort of situations. I think that's something that, you know, he's kind of uh, thought about previously, put it that way. Right. I mean, the name Jackie Daytona is so funny just to say. Was that always the name in the script? Yeah. I don't remember it being anything else. Yeah. And some people even said on Twitter, like, they would watch a whole Jackie Daytona spinoff. So do you feel like if uh, What We Do in the Shadows ever runs its course, would you be interested in fleshing out his, uh, his adventures? That wouldn't be anything to do with me. I mean, you know, I'm kind of happy to be part of it in any way. So the cast obviously improvises a lot on set, and you clearly did on that episode. Was it at all like a challenge to you to see if you could make Mark laugh? No, it's just I do it with anyone, you know, that was in front of me on that show. It's just the way that you work. I mean, if someone's not expecting it, it's always a bit of a sort of thrill, you know, to see (laughs) their face when you take something down a different route you know, or just kind of throw something in. Being obviously British, you have to use your own sort of slang and, you know, your own turn of phrase. Not that, you know, the American writers can't write, you know, for sort of Brit actors, but, you know, it doesn't do any harm, you know, to kind of put in your own sort of flavour and and that kind of thing. And that's always fun, you know, if you use a sort of British colloquialism just to see the face of the actor will either think it's something else or hasn't got a clue what you're talking about. (laughs) Is there one that you have in mind that you've thrown in? Yeah, there's loads. I mean, I've done it quite a few times. There's a sitcom in the UK called Only Fools and Horses with a lead character that wears a sort of sheepskin jacket. And one of the characters in season one turned up in a sheepskin jacket. And I said, oh, look out, Del Boy's here. That's the name of the character in the British sitcom, which (laughs) I knew that absolutely nobody, you know, would get over there but you know but they would get over here do you know what I mean so it's just those things I didn't expect it to be sort of left in you know but it was which was great now you you said before we started recording that you you haven't seen much of season one because you don't generally watch yourself do you think you'll ever go back and watch it or no well if everybody was happy with it you know the powers that be then that's all that really matters it doesn't it doesn't matter what I think. It obviously did the business in some way because there was a season two. So it's done its job. Do you know what I mean? Right. And what have you seen of season two that you... Well, I had to watch some because I'm talking about them. And <laughs> I would look like an idiot if I, if I didn't know what I was talking about. So, yeah, I mean, I just think it's so brilliantly directed. I mean, it's very difficult to talk about something, you know, that, that you're in. Right. And, and not sound like an idiot. But if I just forget myself, you know, and think about the episodes that I'm not in, for instance, then I can watch those and just see how, you know, beautifully it's directed. It looks fantastic. The colours are, you know, are incredible. The set I've always been a huge fan of since we did the pilot in Los Angeles. It's always looked incredible and like the kind of thing, you know, that you would want to be in. That's always a great sort of benchmark of any set. You've always got to feel like you want to be there. 
Yeah, I mean, that house is incredible. And I love at one point, Nadia says, like, I'm going to go check on all the walls of the house. And I kind of feel like I would like to see all the walls because yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. it's so intense. Just to go back to the improvising for a second, yeah. how does it generally work on set? Like there's a, a script that do you guys shoot it through as written and then try different takes or do you all work differently? Natasha and myself, probably I would say, and Mark, probably improvise the most. We would start as soon as we, you know, do the first run through. <laughs> if there's something, you know, that kind of springs to mind, you don't wait, you know, you just go for it, you know, and if it works, it works. If it, you know, if it doesn't, it doesn't matter. There'll be something else, you know, and they can be physical things, you know, they can be vocal things. It's, yeah, it kind of, the improvising starts immediately, I would say. Right. And who would you say breaks the most on set? I always like to ask that because it's, sometimes nobody breaks, but sometimes it's somebody you wouldn't expect. It depends what it is. I'll break with Natasha because Natasha will more often than not drop something incredibly crude out of nowhere, which <laughs> I won't have expected. There was that whole episode this season collaboration where Nadia and Laszlo revisit their uh, career as a singing duo. Yeah. What was that episode like to film? That was great fun because I was given the job to come up with about four or five songs, but they couldn't be any more than sort of 20 seconds long, obviously. <laughs> so, And that's always great fun because when you're doing fake songs you're a lot kind of more free, you know, your brain doesn't worry about melody so much, you know, and are the lyrics transparent or not, you know, and all this kind of stuff. So it's great fun. And then I kind of sketched out four or five songs in my dressing room and then just grabbed hold of Natasha and said, these are the songs, this is the melody to an extent, but don't stick to it, sing anything because it will be, you know, <laughs> the more out of tune, I think, you know, the funny it will be. But there's a rule with this, doing sort of comedy songs or, you know, kind of singing in comedies. As long as you don't look embarrassed, then you can get away with anything. <laughs> and it can be awful. But if you look like you think it's amazing, then it will always work, I think. Well, do you like the idea that he had songs as bad as Hoop Skirt, Poop Skirt, but then he wrote Come On Eileen, which is like one Yeah, of... I know. There's an inconsistency, isn't there? Yeah. <laughs> which is your favorite of the fake songs that Laszlo wrote? They were all good fun, you know. They're all stupid. There was a love song in Amongst It All. When we make love, we go up and down, up and down. <laughs> as in we fly up, you know, that yeah. sort of stuff. I, th I thought that was good. I love also there's an episode with Nick Kroll, who guest says Simon the Devious, a Manhattan vampire who is obsessed with Laszlo's cursed hat and wants the cursed hat. And of course, Laszlo doesn't believe the hat is cursed. Were yeah. you familiar with Nick Kroll and what was... Uh... Well, he was in the first series, so I oh, was right, from right, that. right, right, Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't particularly familiar with him before that. And then we had like a funny scene in the first series in a nightclub, I remember. He's into it, which is all that you want. Do you know what I mean? Right. You want someone that's into it like you're into it. Right. And he kept mentioning Cats or somebody did. So I, I was just desperately trying to put in Cats lyrics to the scenes with him. And I think he, he knew what I was doing. I, I did it a couple of times <laughs> just to see, you know, what he'd do. That's, you know, it's just stuff like that that I love doing really. And, and he got obsessed with saying New York City. <laughs> and... Uh, 
and so we would yeah we both we both did it it must have been something that we'd done in the first in the first series but i just remember that he he liked saying that do you have um favorite running jokes from the show i mean i love that uh nadia can't say the name jeff like she <laughs> every time she tries to say jeff it's yeah. like really hard for her yeah or whatever uh what are some of your favorite running jokes whether they're related to laszlo or not i love i mean there's loads i love mark launching into another boring story that's always good fun to sort of react to because it also gives you a bit of a break right <laughs> As he shits on, you can just, you know, start to kind of close your eyes. And, no, it's always funny. It's always good when he does that. And there's a thing that Nandor, Kavan, he always, always has this look like he's got on the wrong bus when you say something to him. Do you know what I mean by that? Yeah. You know that? yeah. And that never ceases to make me laugh. He's so good at that sort of thing. You say something, um, Nandor, why is this here? And he just has that look on his face, like, you know, and it's, he does it so well and it, it always stops me. Do you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. No, it's really funny. And that's why I wonder, even though now that they know Guillermo is a vampire hunter, I also feel like Nandor can't live without him. That's going to be interesting to explore. Yeah. I mean, is he as sort of vicious and as deadly as he makes out? Right. A couple episodes this season were directed by Jermaine, and obviously he's directed before. What, how would you describe him as a director? Oh, he's great fun. I mean, he's we're quite similar in lots of ways, where the details are everything. And it's the same in music, same in painting, and it's the same in comedy. You know, the, it, the details, you have to pay such careful attention to them all in order for the whole thing to make sense or at least, you know, kind of work. He's very much of that sort of mindset, you know. And I am too. I mean, I love working with him. What kind of feedback does he give you on set in terms of, does he talk to you about try it this way or what is he like in that way? Yeah, I mean, he's he's incredibly generous, you know. He'll kind of let you go off and do something, you know. Then he'll kind of go, I liked this, I liked that bit and I liked that bit and I liked that bit. Let's incorporate that. And that's what you want, someone that sort of open-minded and, you know, up for anything. right. You guys shoot the show in Canada? Toronto. Right. Is there any discussion of when you might go back into production? There's lots of discussions. There's nothing final, though. <laughs> right. So I have no idea whether we shoot this autumn or fall, as you call it, or we wait until next year. I don't know. I think everyone's eager to get stuck in again. So, right. you know, who knows? During your downtime slash quarantine time, if you are in fact having that time, uh, yeah. what uh, what have you have you been watching anything or binging anything? I don't watch hardly anything. I've got an album which comes out at the beginning of next next month, so I've been doing all the sort of press for that, and so that's kind of taken up a lot of the time because it was finished around the end of March. So I've been doing it all through this. And how would you describe the album? Uh, it's my seventh album. That's how I'll describe it. <laughs> <laughs> and what would the, what would be the second thing you'd say about it? Go and buy it. Listen to it. <laughs> well, you asked me. <laughs> fair, fair. Can you just pinpoint a, a genre or anything? No, or? no. All right. 
<laughs> well, suspense is good. Yeah. Um, so obviously this year the Emmys are going to be virtual. Um, yeah. Do, do you plan to watch? And if so, will you get dressed up? Well, if I can work it out, I'm not particularly technical. So <laughs> I am worried that I, you know, that I will probably mess it up and kind of miss the whole thing. But I will try not to. As for dressing up, possibly not. I'd feel like a fool. You know, I, I should just be ahead so you can't see what I'm wearing. All right. Business casual, maybe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much for taking the time to talk. It's been great talking no, to you. you. And um, congrats on your album as well, uh, your mystery album, <laughs> your seventh <laughs> album. <laughs> Have a great rest of your evening. Thank you. And you too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Well, it was great talking to Matt Berry. And Sarah, how cute is it that he went weak at the knees when Mark Hamill held the pool cue like a lightsaber? So great. And and again, who wouldn't feel that way with Mark Hamill with any sort of long stick-like thing near them? <laughs> Wait, that hmm. sounds... Well, never yeah. mind. Anyway... <laughs> What you should do is not think too hard about that and come back next week. We will be talking to even more funny people on The Awardist. If you enjoyed today's episode, please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And if you want to join the conversation, tweet at us. I'm at Kristen G. Baldwin, and you can find Sarah at Sarah A. Rodman. The Awardist isn't just a podcast. You can also find us across EW platforms on EW.com, in the magazine, and on social media, too. So if you want to binge more of The Awardist, you know where to find it. Until then, we'll be on the couch. The Awardist is produced by EW in partnership with Pod People. Pod People.